How did the New York Giants 2023 rookie draft class do in the preseason opener? We have that and more coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, and happy Monday to everybody. We are entering preseason week number two for the New York Giants. The Giants last week dropping their preseason opener to the Detroit Lions 21-16, but it's not about the game as we know. It's more about the player evaluations. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, we're going to take a look at the 2023 New York Giants draft class. How did they do? Pretty good. Spoiler alert. They did really well, a lot of them. So we're going to break down each pick and the highlights and lowlights from his games. So we'll do that up for, up front. And then we're going to spin ahead to an overall competition update, several positions and spots on the depth chart up for grabs. How did the players help themselves and who didn't help themselves? We'll talk about that. And then we will get to what to expect in the week ahead as the Giants cruise into week number two, preseason week number two, where they will host the Carolina Panthers. So we'll take a look at some anticipated storylines and whatnot. So that's today's agenda here on the Locked on Giants podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And of course, a special shout out to my everydayers, those of you who tune in every day to catch the podcast. You are greatly appreciated. A big hello to anyone who just found the podcast. I hope you enjoy it and you'll be a regular visitor, if not an everydayer to the podcast and everybody in between, because you're all so important to me. You really are. And I appreciate all the kind words that I get um, from everybody in the comments section on YouTube and emails and whatnot. So let's get into it because we've got a lot to cover in this first segment. We're going to look at the New York Giants 2023 draft class report. So what I did was I made some bullet points just based on some film that I was able to catch. I went back and I looked at the game again. Um, I got my hands on the all 22 for this particular game. And I was able to really zoom in on certain guys and come up with various opinions and whatnot. So I'm going to give you that. And also I've got some snap counts for you, including a breakdown of, you know, what exactly each guy did that courtesy of profootballfocus.com. So that's, uh, an overview. Let's get into it. We're going to kick things off with Deontay Banks' first round draft pick. Banks played 37 snaps, 14 of which were run defense, one pass rush, 22 coverage. All right. So what did we see? Basically, we saw a guy who was pretty good. All right. Banks, remember, got off to a slow start for the summer, but he has picked it up. And he looked pretty good in the preseason opener against the Lions. His one-on-one coverage was as tight as it gets. Even if he gave up a pass, he was still on the receiver's hip. So that was a good thing to see. It wasn't like a huge cushion of separation between him and the receiver. His best play of the night was probably the one in which he was um, staying step for step 
with Lions speedster Jameson Williams on a deep crossing route. Um, That pass went incomplete. You know, it looked like from from behind that Banks got uh, beaten on the play, but he wasn't. He actually managed to get a hand in there at the last minute, knock that ball away. So that was a nice highlight play for him. Textbook coverage on a deep fade. And um, I believe he drew a offensive pass interference um, when he got shoved in the face by the, uh, the, the receiver. So that flag though, actually, if I'm not mistaken, that was the one, I think they picked that one up. So that probably should have been an OPI, but uh, they didn't call it after, you know, the officials got together and decided that maybe the ball wasn't catchable. I don't know. I thought it was an OPI that particular player now that I think about it, but what I think doesn't matter, unfortunately, but anyway, um, now, a couple things that Banks did that I don't think a lot of people give him credit for. Lone tackle attempt that he had was as physical as you're going to find from any player. So it was good to see physicality in this game. And he contributed to the team's second interception, the one by Dane Belton. And the way he contributed was that he had tight coverage on um, a deep crosser route, the receiver running a deep crosser that forced an overthrow by the quarterback. And Belton was in good position to pick that off. So overall, a strong game by Deontay Banks in 37 snaps. All right, let's go to John Michael Schmitz, picked number two by the Giants. And probably the rookie star of the game, if you want to pick a star of the game for the Giants uh, from the Giants draft class. All right, Schmitz played in 32 snaps, 21 in pass pro, 11 run blocking. Played mostly against second teamers, which, you know, is was to be expected. So, you know, I have to mention that because, you know, obviously you got to see how he does against first teamers. And that's coming down the pipe, you know, before to, the summer ends. So against the second teamers, Schmitz, in my opinion, was a man amongst boys. Just really played well. Zero pressures allowed on the 21 pass pro snaps. There were no center quarterback exchange issues with the snap, you know, Schmitz running that dead ball snap. He ran a tight operation. He handled solo blocking well and his duels well. He finished everything, you know, as expected. And he passed off guys, you know, seemingly without any hiccups. So solid game for John Michael Schmitz. Now, you know, that doesn't mean he's a finished product, but he had a solid NFL debut. And uh, there's a lot to like about that young man's game. Jalen Hyatt, uh, the third round pick, 18 snaps, 12 in the passing game, six as a run blocker. His run blocking grade was a solid uh, 60.5 from pro football focus. For those of you who are into uh, PFF's grades, Hyatt, not a whole lot of, you know, pass targets. I think he just had one and it was on a receiver screen that was well defended and was blown up for a four yard loss. Not really his fault. Um, also not his fault was the fact that there weren't a lot of deep opportunities available because as the game went on, the pass protection got worse and worse. So Hyatt, you know, a relatively quiet night after a really, you know, strong last couple of weeks in uh, showing off that deep speed, splitting the coverage and whatnot. So still more to come from him. All right. Uh, fifth rounder, Eric Gray, the running back. All right, in the offense, he showed a good feel with the ball in his hands and broke several tackles. Um, Very feisty runner. 
pass blocking was a little on the spotty side. If I'm being honest, I thought Ja'Shawn Corbin was the best pass blocker amongst the running backs. If I'm being honest with you, um, so the foot speed shown by Eric Gray, uh, you know, you question if he's going to be able to run away from a lot of guys, but the good news is he has good vision. He lowers his head and he finishes with physicality. So an encouraging start for him. I'd like to see a little bit more from him actually um, in the, in the offense. I, I wonder if he's going to maybe settle in eventually as the third down back, but if he is, I'd like to see him do a little bit better job with the pass pro. Now, Eric Gray also served as a return specialist, both on punts and kickoffs. The good news, excellent ball security. There were no muffs. He didn't have to, he did have to lunge at one particular ball, but he secured it. Um, his best return was his first kickoff, in which he had a lot of space to work with and attacked it. Um, got 36 yards on it, but that, unfortunately that was the, the uh, kickoff where there was a holding penalty that nullified it. Um, the one blip on the return game by him was he did not field a mortar kick. That was the one where the ball bounced. It was a live ball. And then a Detroit Lion player touched it and eventually knocked it out of bounds. It worked out for the Giants, but I would have liked to have seen Gray pick that one up because you, that's a live ball. All right. So if if the Lion player had recovered it, who knows? That that would have really you know been a turning point at that point in the game. Um, I overall, I don't think I saw a lot of explosiveness from Gray as a returner, but he was reliable and did nothing to lose the job. And as Brian Dable said to the media on Saturday, when he spoke to us via conference call, Gray's going to get a longer look at the return uh, spots. All right, let's look at Trey Hawkins, the third Trey Hawkins played in 37 snaps. 14 run defense, one pass rush, 22 coverage. On the opening interception, that was the one by Jason Pinnock, Hawkins actually played a part in that, in that he had blanketed his guy. All right, so that helped with forcing the turnover. Um, I thought his tackling consisted of a lot of physicality. I mean, that's what you like to see. You like to see these guys not only hit, but really hit their guys hard, wrap them up, and bring them to the ground. So Hawkins did a good job with that. He did have one missed tackle in his uh, in his night, but he responded well from that. He he shook it off and he came back with more physicality and uh, good coverage. Um, he was part of a group, you know. Speaking of coverage, he was part of a group that left the man wide open along the sideline in, in a zone coverage, and he was beaten on a, a stop and reverse short route. Uh, I think that was down by the red zone. Um, would have gone for a touchdown, except the throw uh, was knocked away. So, you know, not a perfect game by Hawkins, but a solid game. You know, still some things that can be cleaned up, some teaching points, as is the case with all these guys, there's teaching points. So not to worry. All right, Jordan Riley, if we're giving out awards for, for the rookies here, I'm going to give him my surprise guy of the week because Jordan O'Reilly is a guy that, you know, coming into the, the – First preseason game, hadn't really noticed him a whole lot. You know, I didn't see a lot of plays by him. I didn't write his number down a whole lot. Started to write it down like maybe the last couple of practices, but still I thought, okay, you know what? He hasn't really done much. So let's see what he does in the games. Well, folks, here's what he did in the game. 
43 defensive snaps, most of those at nose tackle. He was double teamed quite often on a lot of those snaps, but he held up well, absorbed the blocks without giving up much room, took up space, which is what you know his role was, and played physical. Um, he did have one excellent red zone tackle late in the game. And uh, of note here was, you know, even though he played late into the game, he his stamina had held up. You know, it was a warm night, um, but they were inside the, you know, the dome. So it was temperature controlled. So he was able to hold up with his stamina because a lot of, you know, guys when they play from when they're coming from college and they start playing the NFL level where the intensity picks up like tenfold, their stamina starts to wear down. So Riley did not have that problem. Now, what do we want to see moving forward from him? We want to see him shed some of the solo blocks. He did get some solo blocks in this game. Not a whole lot, but he didn't really shed them as well. And uh, thus wasn't a part of making a play. So I'd like to see him maybe shed some of those solo blocks and make some plays moving forward. All right. And last but not least, Javarius Owens. He played in 40 snaps, had 18 um, as a run defender, four in pass rush, 18 in coverage. Both of his tackles came in the red zone and they were instinctive. You really saw his instincts on display on those particular tackles. So that was a, a very encouraging sign. Um, Owens had a near interception um, on a ball I, I, in which he just, he, he just missed it. He, he made a break, but just missed it by a hair. So overall, you know, good size, good instincts from Javarius Owens, um, I'm not sure, you know, where he's going to fit in into the grand scheme of things with the depth, but solid game from the young man. And really, folks, a solid game from the entire rookie class. There wasn't really anybody who you could sit there and say, oh, my God, he looked awful. So kudos to the Giants rookies. All right. Now, coming up next, we are going to talk about uh, the com competitions that are going on. I'm going to have a little update for you as to where everything stands. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, August is here and you know what that means. The official start of fantasy football drafting month. So get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. There's no waivers and no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. So go on and try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. So visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And before I get into this next segment, just real quick, the Giants are back in East Rutherford for training camp. The practices are closed to the public, but they are open to the media. So the Giants have practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I will be at the practices. Um, so as I did, you know, the first couple of weeks of training camp, as soon as I get home, I'll do a practice report for you um, as soon as I can. Um, the assistant coaches are scheduled to speak on Tuesday and Wednesday. 
Tuesday, we've got the defensive assistance. And then on Wednesday, it is the offensive assistance. Now, Wednesday's practice, I think, is going to be a cards practice. So there probably won't be a whole lot to talk about there. But, you know, still, it'll be interesting to hear what the assistant coaches have to say because they always have such gold. And, you know, also you can get updates on, you know, what they think about some of the young players and new players that they have. So I'm looking forward to bringing you that coverage here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. And I'm also going to see if I can schedule a live show for you guys with Tana and Bad Dog. We'll see if we can do something maybe for Thursday night um, just to kind of catch up a little bit. So I'll let you know on that. Those of you who watch on YouTube, I'll post a note um, in the community section or if I get confirmation, what I'll do is I'll announce it on an upcoming show. So that's what's coming up. All right, let's get to camp competition updates. All right, so there's several competitions that the Giants were holding. You know, you can say they were holding competitions across the board, but these are the ones that really stood out. And here's where I think they stand right now. The second safety position, strong safety. That's Jason Pinnock's job. I mean, come on. The guy had an amazing game against the Lions. I think he played something like five snaps, and of the five snaps, he had three or four significant plays one way or another. So Jason Pinnock is going to be your new starting safe, uh, starting strong safety. Excuse me. Center, John Michael Schmitz. It's his job to lose. You know, Schmitz was asked about, you know, do you still feel like you're in a competition? And he, you know, he t- he said the right things. Yeah, I'm still in the competition, et cetera, et cetera. Folks, that job was always John Michael Schmitz's job to lose. Always. You know, yes, Ben Bredesen got some snaps there, but that was just to get him more work there in the, God forbid, event that John Michael Schmitz can't play. You know, Bredesen, remember, he's working off of 30 snaps that he had last year. So, you know, I never bought that there was a truly a competition for that job. It was Schmitz's to lose all along. So wanted to get that one out of the way, those two because those two were kind of obvious. Now let's talk about left guard. Left guard, um, I think at this point, it's Ben Bredesen's job to lose. I, I can't honestly say that Joshua Zudu did anything to make me say, okay, he's closed the gap with Bredesen. I thought Bredesen was the better of the two in terms of run blocking and pass pro. Zudu was a little up and down with his performance. Now it's one game, obviously, and got, you know, about a dozen or so practices, still time to turn it around. But I think at this point it is Bredesen's job to lose at that left guard spot. Inside linebacker, number two. All right. So that's between Darian Beavers and Micah McFadden. McFadden had himself a nice game, but I still say that that competition might be too close to call. In fact, I could potentially see McFadden and Beavers sharing that second position alongside of Bobby O'Karake. You know, it's it's interesting. If you can merge the best qualities of Beavers' game with the best of McFadden's game, you probably would have the ideal second linebacker to O'Karake. But we can't do that, obviously. Science hasn't figured out a way to take one guy's skill set and put it into another guy's set. So um, I think we might see a rotation there. I don't know that, you know, at this point at any rate, that any one guy has got the inside track on that particular job. And that wouldn't be the, you know, necessarily the worst thing in the world, because again, now you're looking at playing um, matchup football. 
which I think the Giants would like to be able to do. So that's not necessarily a bad thing or or a failure on anybody's part. So, okay. Slot cornerback. I thought Cordell Flott would be a little further along in his quest to get that job. Maybe not so much, folks. And then now you throw in this abdominal injury that he has, which right now, as of, as I record this, we still don't know the severity of it. I still think it's Darnay Holmes' job to lose. You know, I nobody has really come out and, and made that job his and said, hey, look, I want it, other than Darnay Holmes. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how the back half of camp goes now in these last two preseason games. But right now I would say probably Holmes is in the lead in holding on to that job. And then finally, uh, let's talk about receiver, where it is still muddied at the bottom of the depth chart. All right, so we know Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell. That's four guys locked in for positions. If they keep seven, who's going to be the other three? Well, the two old gray beers, Cole Beasley and Jamison Crowder, had themselves some nice showings on against the Lions. I think one of them is going to make the roster. Right now, if I had to take a guess, I would say probably Beasley makes it. Um, Crowder, I don't know if he's going to make it. Um, you know, the thing with Crowder is if he were returning punts, which he is capable of doing, I'd say he'd have a better chance, but it just seems like, you know, they don't want to use him in that role. You know, maybe they will down the line, but it, it just doesn't seem like that's in the, in the cards right now. So if I had to pick a, a guy, you know, of those two, I got to give the nod to Beasley. All right. Now there's going to be other factors in there. You know, Colin Johnson was injured. So we've got to find out where, where he stands. David Sills didn't have that bad of a game, but would the Giants put him on the 53? Is Sterling Shepard going to land on the 53? You know, you kind of get the impression that if he's fully healthy and ready to go, he will go on the 53 man roster, you know, especially now that they took him off pup. So that would give them five guys. And, you know, and then if Wandell Robinson comes off pop, that's six. So that means you just have one spot open. Who's that's that last spot going to? So the receiver, you know, position, that battle, not a whole lot of clarity there. So we'll have to see how these next couple of weeks go. But right now it's it's too close to call in that particular competition. All right, folks, coming up next. What to expect in the week ahead? What are some of the storylines we'll be watching and some of the news that we're waiting on? So that's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trana. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to the podcast. I appreciate you. And uh, I want to send a special shout out to my subtext community, which is growing. You guys and gals are fantastic. 
I'm so happy to hear that a lot of you are enjoying the program. Folks, if you want information on the subtext community, which is a private community of, of uh, lockdown listeners who continue the conversation with me one-on-one, as well as, you know, we do group things like, you know, I do special videos for them, do it once a week. I do a Q&A with them. Just visit joinsubtext.com slash giants free 14-day trial. If you like it, just do nothing and you'll be billed $4.99 a month, plus whatever applicable, you know, data and messaging fees your carrier might charge. If you don't like it, you cancel after, you know, before your 14 days are up and you owe nothing. You know, in addition to having this community where I can text you one-on-one, you know, I can also send out alerts and that's going to come in really handy, you know, on game day, if there's injury updates or breaking news or anything like that. So um, check it out, folks. You know, again, it's joinsubtext.com slash Giants. So hope to see you there. All right. In this segment, what to expect in the week ahead? New week. And as I mentioned before, Giants practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They have walk through Thursday. And then the Panthers come to town on Friday for preseason game number two. All right. So there's basically a couple of storylines. We'll start with the injury updates. What is the status of the guys that were injured in the game uh, last week against the Lions? Colin Johnson, that's one I'm really concerned about. Colin Johnson coming off the Achilles injury that he suffered last summer that ended his uh, season. What's the deal with his knee? You know, it, if is it season ending? Is it, you know, minor? What's going to happen with him? Because here's the thing, folks, if it's not season ending, but it's enough to keep him out of practice for the rest of the summer and the Giants maybe want to keep him on the roster, they're going to have to add him before they can move him to IR. So it's going to be a little tricky there. So that's why, you know, that's an inch, an injury that, you know, you're kind of keeping an eye on. The other injuries, Nick McLeod had a stomach issue, according to um to Brian Dable. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if he tweaked something or he just had a bug, but I don't recall Nick McLeod playing much, uh, if at all, in the preseason game. So maybe he was just sick. I don't know. Um, but uh, Cordell Flott suffered the um, abdominal injury. So how much, if any time, is he going to miss? That's something to keep an eye on. And then Jamie Gillen had the ankle injury. Now, Jamie tweaked his ankle. After a punt, I think it was his left ankle, which is his uh, plant leg. And um, yeah, he uh, he, can, he finished the game, but what are they going to do with punter the rest of the week? Are they going to bring in another guy? Are they just going to avoid having Gillen punt? You know, Jamie Gillen had another kind of clunker punt. I think he outkicked his coverage. If You could say he outkicked his coverage on the uh, the punt return for a touchdown. Not to mention he got bad blocking, but he, you know, it starts with you know the fact that he outkicked the coverage. So what are the Giants going to do there? You know, with him, are they going to bring in another guy, or are they just you know, is he going to be good to go? So that's something to keep an eye on. And then we have the other guys that you know have been missing um, games and or practices. You know, Evan Neal, who's in the concussion protocol. Where is he at, and when is he coming back? Because look, he needs work, folks. You know. Yeah, he was there for the first like couple weeks of, of training camp, but the longer he sits in the protocol, the more concerned I get. And I'd like to see him, you know, get some reps, especially 
as we have these last two uh, preseason games. I think that's important for him to get some reps. Um, Joaquin Nunes Roches, I think, had the groin issue. That was a little bit concerning, you know, because this is his second go around with an injury. Um, Ryder Anderson remains out with an injury uh, that is week to week. And I'm just trying to think if there were any others. Um, I think that was pretty much it. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but off the top of my head, those are the ones that, that um, you know, I'm curious to see what the update is with those guys. Is any, all right, another storyline. Is anybody coming off a of pup? And Wandale Robinson, I'm looking at you because I go back to uh, the interview that general manager Joe Shane did with the Zach Gelb show a couple uh, about a week or so ago. And he said that it was possible that Wandale Robinson might be ready to come off a of pup within a week to a week and a half. Well, it's just about been a week or a week and a half. So is he coming off a of pup? We'll see. Now, they're, if he does, they've got to obviously ramp him up. But now if he comes off pup, now that further muddies the uh, wide receiver picture. So we'll see if, if Robinson, who is, of course, coming off that ACL injury, if he's ready to go or if they continue to keep him on pup. You know, so they're, you know, Dable didn't provide any updates when we spoke to him Saturday. He said he would provide updates on Monday. Understandably so, because it gives all these guys an extra couple of days to see how they're, you know, doing and coming along. And then the final thing that I think a lot of people are going to be curious about, including yours truly, is will the starters, many of whom did not play against the Lions, will they play against the Panthers? Now, at some point, the starters are going to get snaps. They have to. Not a whole lot of snaps in some cases. You know, like, I'm not sure Saquon Barkley, for example, needs a whole lot of snaps. I don't know if Daniel Jones needs a whole lot of snaps. Andrew Thomas, I don't think he needs a whole lot. And so, and I can go down the list, but at some point, these guys do have to get some snaps. The question is, is will it be this week? Or will they go up against the Jets in a preseason, you know, dress rehearsal? And maybe that's where they will get their extensive action. You know, in, a, in an ideal world, at least as far as I'm concerned, I'd like to see the Giants starters go against the Jets starters because the Jets have that really good defense and their offense isn't too shabby either. So that would be a really good opportunity, I think, um, if, if both Dable and Jets head coach Robert Sala agree to put their starters in and play them for like a half, maybe into the third quarter, just to get everybody some work, some quality work. Because after that preseason game, obviously you have, a, you know, a little mini break, if you will, until the regular season game starts. So that would be what I would want to see. Now, as far as the game coming up against the Panthers, yeah, I'd like to see the starters get some reps in there. But I, I think if you're the, the coaching staff, you still want to maybe look at some of the other guys and sort out some of the issues on the depth chart so that, you know, especially with the decision coming up, you know. If you can't come up with your decisions after two preseason games and a bunch of practices, then, you know, I, I just don't think it makes sense to carry it over to the third preseason game. There might be a couple battles that they can't carry over, but you want to have a good idea at that point what you're going to do. So that's what I'm curious to see from the Giants this week. So that's going to do it for us here on the Left on Giants podcast. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you keep it here all week long because, like I said, got plenty of stuff coming up 
and I am excited to bring it to y'all. So thank you, Giant fans. I'll see you tomorrow.